are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Sun Devil fans, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Not a great weekend for the Sun Devils after we're coming off a, a couple losses for both the basketball team and uh, the football team. Talked a lot about basketball yesterday. We didn't really touch on the loss against San Diego State. So in today's edition of the podcast, we're going to be getting to what went well for the Sun Devils. There was some, regardless of a loss, only by two. There are positive things to talk about still for sure. What went bad for the Sun Devils? Uh, and then for the third segment, we're going to be digging a little bit more into Herm Edwards' future. Uh, should he stay or should he go? We're going to get Richie's opinion on that a little bit more as well today. Thank you for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos, renovating home and audio for today and tomorrow. The smart home sound system help the world listen better. Richie, welcome back for a Tuesday edition of the podcast. I had mentioned that you would be MIA for the first episode this week, uh, still doing, dealing with a little bit of a sickness. So if you hear him uh, sounding a little bit differently, it is not his microphone. It is his allergies. Uh, but other than your health, how are you doing ASU-wise? Basketball, football, anything to talk about there? Uh, I'm still sick. Maybe even outside of health-wise, talking about my, my alma mater. Yeah, still sick. Sick you know about what? That I'm, loss. I'm sick of watching these teams lose. At, oh no, no, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Your turn. Your turn. Yeah. Yep. Just, just sick, Connor. Because they both of these losses that we just had seemed like very easily preventable losses. You touched on the Oregon State loss yesterday. I think you put it perfectly on the pod. And then th- this basketball game, Connor. I'm, I'm looking at all this, and there, there's so much going on that they absolutely could have improved on. We'll, we'll leave at least a little bit of that, of that for the second segment, but at least what went well, I, I think we have to highlight the defense. The defense has played incredibly well, at, at least in spurts. I, I shouldn't say they've been flawless through four games, but really three of these games, they've been kind of really bad shooting the basketball. And I think their defense has been a huge reason why they've at least been in the games, at least up to the point that they have been. So in this case in particular, this is, I know, the third case overall where we shot less than 30% uh, from three-point range as a team. And I think this has actually been our worst so far. If you do that and you only lose by two, I mean, you got to give the defense props. Uh, specifically, a, a specific segment I want to call out, at least in one of the, the fragments that I'm talking about, is I think we were up two going into half. Uh, coming out, I think we held SDSU scoreless for almost three minutes. Uh, and then for about the first five minutes of that second half, so about a quarter of the second half, you're playing lights out defense. You only come out of that first five minutes about up two ish points. And three of those first five minutes were essentially scoreless on their side. I, I did a lot of math really to say that our defense played incredibly well and our offense didn't take advantage of it whatsoever, but definitely getting a lot of contribution on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I mean, playing on that point, it really helps when the offense is taking care of business as well. They only committed 11 turnovers. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a good job and obviously you could shoot better, but at least you're not giving San Diego state more opportunities than they deserve. You, you clean up a few of those shots and, and you win this game pretty convincingly, but yeah, the defense was pretty rock solid for the most part, 
holding San Diego State to 65 points. Uh, they shot 39% on their field goals. It's nothing out of this world impressive. And uh, four blocks, four blocks, eight steals. I mean, that's really, really solid. You, you like to see that. They they did a good job stuffing the box score, and they did a good job playing on the playing on the court that night. Unfortunately, you just didn't get the result you wanted. Uh, agreed. And something interesting that you touched on was, yes, they could have – they could have shot better, right? I, I think you and I were talking before the podcast that it's not so much there was one moment where you look back at that's where they lost the game. You just you really can't pinpoint one thing. They did shoot a little bit better from the free uh, free throw range, going seventy two uh, percent this week, thirteen of eighteen, or at least in this game, I should say. So a, a lot of missed opportunities, though. We're going to touch a little bit more on that in the next segment, but the team is competitive. But overall, through the first four games, it feels like the the non-conference feel of this team, they just they they are what they are. I, I think outside of the defense, the expectations haven't been met, but the bar also wasn't set that high for this ASU team. No, not at all. And I mean, if, if we're being honest, they're probably right about where they should be. But I mean, they could easily be 4-0 right now. That's the frustrating thing is you have that ridiculous – basically full court shot that UC Riverside. Thank you. UC Riverside was able to get in the final seconds and you played San Diego state tough. Unfortunately, you just didn't get that win, but you could easily be four and right now, but unfortunately there's just, it feels like there's too many missed opportunities for the Sun Devils right now. And you know, it, it kind of is what it is, I suppose, but they're not playing terrible Connor. They're playing right around what we thought they would be. I just wish they would make our hoop a little bit bigger to make things more fair because having to watch this team struggle a little bit is, is not nearly as fun as it should be. No. And I mean, I, I feel like that's a fair handicap, right? Definitely. Uh, so just touch on a couple more good things. Kamani Lawrence still, still solid. Uh, we didn't have Marcus Bagley in this game, which wasn't a surprise. We really didn't think he would play. Uh, and you're going to need him against number nine ranked Baylor going into Wednesday's game against the national champions. Uh, but Kamani Lawrence has still been a staple for this team. Very efficient on the night, going seven for 10 total field goals. Didn't shoot any from uh, the three-point range, but uh, Luther, or sorry, uh, Marion Jackson did have 16 points, which is all well and good, especially when he is your leading scorer. However, we're going to talk about him in the upcoming segment next when we discuss the bad for the Sun Devils. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship's yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how, how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control over all your finances, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one piece. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsweep.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of the year financing on number one financial growing businesses. Netsweep.com slash NCAA. 
All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks is leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works your users are going to deposit up to $100. Uh, for a match, and they're going to use the promo code locked on. Once they do this, they get a 100% instant deposit match up to that $100. Again, using that promo code locked on. You can pick two to five players and an over under on the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries where you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to the app store today and download the app. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. We are back for the second segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. We talked in the first segment really about what went well for the Sun Devils. Obviously, their defense has played well up to this point, but inconsistent shooting has kind of led them astray through the first four games. There's, in my opinion, there's a lot that we can at least highlight, but I think we have to start with their three-point shooting. We had talked about this, I think, after the, the UC Riverside game, but their, their three-point shooting at three of the four games has been pretty terrible. And I think I'd even mentioned a stat specifically that uh, they are shooting under 30% in three of their four games so far. In one sense, if you are making those three-point shots, that's great. It's exciting. People love it. People love that long shot, uh, especially like with a, a Steph Curry in basketball right now. Who does not love to see him pull it from the logo and just drain a three? That being said, when you live and die by it and you're two and two and you probably you, – you should not – like I understand SDSU has been a good basketball school for a long time. So if you lose to them, okay. Not the end of the, the world. The, right. The, the loss to UC Riverside was – a fluke shot, but at the same time, you put yourself in the position to lose on a full court buzzer beater, regardless of yeah. whether they made that shot, you, you deserve to lose regardless. So uh, they shouldn't have been in that game at any point. Right. You're, you're burying yourself with not making these three point attempts. Richie, would you like to see them take less attempts overall um, and just try to focus on maybe getting a couple more easier buckets? Or are you okay with the amount of threes that they're taking? Oh, I'm definitely not. So I understand the whole live and diet by the three, but right now you're dying by the three. I mean, Marion Jackson took 12 attempts from three. Do you know how many he made? Two. He was two of 12. No, not even close to being 12. And like you said, I mean, they barely shot 21% of their, of their three points. Like you, you can't afford to be forcing the three point shots at any point in the game. You need to let them come naturally. And it feels like Arizona state is constantly just trying to make the splash play when they need to just be taking advantage of, small court shots. I mean, play it inside the paint, get your layups, just get your points. You don't need to get threes and bunches. You don't need to be the flashy team. You don't need to be the number one team in the nation right now. You just need to be competitive. And it's really hard to be competitive if you're leaving so many points on the court because you're trying to force a three. Like it's just, yes, it's exciting. And like, like you mentioned, like the Steph Curry's of the world and the James Harden's and the Russell Westbrook's of the NBA make it so exciting to see the three point that we've almost become numb to it. And Arizona state, their players for whatever reason this year are trying to replicate that. 
But I mean, look at Kamani Lawrence, and I'm not saying that he's the best three uh, three shooter in the world. Obviously, he didn't attempt any, but he was seven of ten on field goals, and he was just playing smart. He was taking what the he was taking what the Aztecs gave him, and he was getting points. He was smart about what he was doing. With Marion, I feel like he just I see twelve, I see twelve three point attempts, and I don't sit there and think, wow, they gave him twelve wide open shots. Mm-mm. A couple. They gave him a few at best. The rest of these were forced and you just can't afford that. Like, like I said, you're just, you're leaving points on the court at that point. And you, it's getting you behind in games. You lost by two points, Connor. If you, if you cut those, if you cut those in half, you take six of those three point shots away from uh, Marion alone, let alone the rest of this team that struggled to drain the three. But you take it away from Marion and make half of the half. Six a points. quarter. Something like that. <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, you, may, you take away half of his three-point attempts, and you make half of what you just took away. So three. You make three buckets. That's six points. That wins you the game. Yep. It's that and simple. Don't, don't hear what we're trying to say. Like, I, I think I even mentioned this in the first segment. Like, you, you can't put this all on one specific individual. We can blame Marion because he took the most shots by a wide margin. But if you got a efficiency a, a little bit better, whether it was uh, Luzer Muhammad or DJ Horn, Jalen Graham, like you're, you're only two points essentially from pushing overtime. You're three points away from winning this game. If they make two more of these threes, their percentage is still bad. They're, they're probably hovering just below that 30% range. Uh, it, it's still not a great night, but you end up winning. It's still a narrative, but it's not necessarily as big of a deal. Uh, if I didn't mention this before, I think you and I had talked about it essentially uh, right before we hopped on the podcast, but like uh, DJ Horn, Marion Jackson, and Jemiah Neal all took three-point shots at the end, essentially like the last minute, minute and change uh, when SDSU took the lead again, and they all missed them. Like if, if you make one of those shots, like I had just said, you're forcing overtime. You make two of them, you win. If, if you're driving to the basket and potentially you draw a foul, you're getting easy points there that you at least should be making. And mm, we'll talk about that in a second. We're, we're coming at this with a, a full point of hindsight. Like we are, are trying to talk about if we were to straight up talk about basketball with the ASU team, like they know the actual game better than we do. And that's totally fair. But at the same time, like all we're looking for is wins. So I, I don't care how it happens. Just win the game, whether you win by one or you win by 20, a win is a win. So off to a terrible start this year and you, you got a pretty rough schedule coming up kicking it off with Baylor. Um, if you had started off four, no, that would probably make these losses a little bit easier to swallow. I'm not looking forward to the next week or so of basketball for ASU. No, not at all. And I mean, Wednesday night, if we're, if we're being Frank, whatever, whatever the spread is for Baylor, I'll throw a dollar on for ASU to cover just for fun. But I mean, whatever it is, I feel like Baylor can cover that pretty easily. But yep. I, I, I would tell you there, there's probably some room to improve on the free throw shooting as well. And I, I mean, looking at it, it mainly falls on Jalen Graham. He was 0 for 4 on the line. The rest of the team, Marion missed one of his five. Uh, Luther Muhammad went 3 for 3. DJ Horn went 2 for 2. Uh, J- uh, J- how do you say it's it? Jemiah Neal. Jemiah, thank you. Jemiah Neal went 2 for 2. And Jay Heath went 2 for 2. So mainly it falls on on uh, Jalen Graham for bringing that average down quite a bit, but 
I still want to see the guys improve at the line. It, it hasn't been a strength of ours all year. And th- those end up being crucial points. Again, Jalen Graham makes half of those free throws. It's a tie game. It's just tiny little things like this. But again, like you said, we're not going to pin it all on one guy. We're not going to completely pin it on Marion Jackson for shooting these threes. We're not going to pin it on Jalen Graham for missing all his free throws. It just, it, it's a team effort. Overall, the team, the, the team couldn't put it together, but it is tiny little things like this, where if they just execute better, you tie this game, send it to overtime, good chance to win it because you play tough. It's just yeah. tiny little things like that, that add up and give you losses. And, and hardly in any sport, you can never like look back at a game and point out one specific play. It, it might cost you at the very, very end, but that doesn't mean like that blew the game for you. Right. Is you could have had an opportunity to be able to score more points earlier in the game to where they're not even in that position, similar to UC Riverside. So uh, we'll, we'll see how they go the next couple games they've got. Uh, I know they have Baylor coming up and they got Washington state who's five and zero, and then they have Oregon who's two and one. So uh, in the next week or so up to uh, December 5th, uh, I, I should say really this week is just uh, Baylor. Then they get another week off uh, and then go back and play Washington state and Oregon. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. I ideally you can win two of those three games to kind of get back on track, but that feels like a long shot at this point. Uh, but stick around for the third and final segment. We're going to be talking about Herm Edwards, essentially the state of the union for the Sun Devils. Uh, where, or at least what should we expecting, what should we be expecting from Herm uh, over the next couple months after the off season? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit more depth coming up next. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. It's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus using the promo code locked on. And it's not just football bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. We're back for the third and final segment of a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I touched a little bit about Herm Edwards and kind of what the future holds for him and this team on Monday's edition of the podcast. Richie, I want to get a little bit more of your opinion as well, but we're in year four of Herm Edwards. Has he played, or sorry, not him playing specifically, has he done terrible? No, No. I wouldn't say he's done terrible, at least in my opinion. Um, Given all the hype of the move, granted, there was a lot of people who were very either hot or cold on the signing at the time. But Ray Anderson, and this is uh, just kind of a rough quote, but I, I do remember him saying at the time when he announced the signing of Herm Edwards, he specifically changed the formula. He was changing the game and how they were going to win by bringing in Herm Edwards. It, it doesn't feel that different to me when, when Todd Graham was here, probably a little bit better. I would say so, but not, not by like the the degree that you thought it would be. No, not at all. And I mean, it, it definitely was a change from what we were used to seeing, bringing in a guy who hadn't been coaching in a long time, who was a great analyst on ESPN, but had no college experience. He coached for the New York jets forever played in the NFL for a nice little stint too. But 
I mean, didn't have any college experience and bringing him in was definitely against the grain. And it was something that ASU fans didn't know how to feel. I mean, I was very lukewarm on it. I didn't really know where I stood on it. Like in one sense, he's got the connections to the NFL. So you would think that a lot of players are going to want to come to him because they know that Herm has a really good pipeline to the league. He knows a lot of people, very respected, but at the same time, had been out of coaching for a while and college truly is a lot different than the pros. So it, it was definitely a very interesting decision for the football program at the time. And it, Connor's just been so hit and miss. Like there's been times where you're sitting there and you're like, man, that was a really good move. Like ASU seems to be trending in the right spot, but then they also look like they're treading water and you're sitting there and you're like, why aren't we going anywhere? Connor, this was supposed to be our year. This was supposed to be the year we were going to get back into the double digit win column. And we were going to compete for the PAC 12 South and maybe even the PAC 12 as a whole. This was supposed to be the year where everything culminated and came together and we had this magical run and it just didn't. And you sit here and you wonder what went wrong and there's plenty that went wrong, but a lot of it falls on the coaching staff and a lot of it falls on Herm's shoulders. I mean, it's just call a spade a spade as a famous Richie Bradshaw would say. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I, if you're not winning the division, I, I wouldn't say if you're not winning championships, the move is a failure, right? Winning a college football championship is so, so difficult, especially for those blue chip schools, which ASU, they truly are, they're just not, they're not it. Consistently. They likely never will be. I mean, it, it truly comes down to like five or six schools where it becomes championship or bust. And Arizona state is nowhere near it. No one in the PAC 12 is. No, Alabama, Ohio state. You can obviously toss in a few other names over the last decade or two in there as well. Um, consistently those two and it feels like kind of anybody else uh, obviously a lot of the, Georgia and Clemson the others, right 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 uh, other teams in the SEC but uh, to say we didn't win a national championship so Herm was a bad move I don't think that's fair that being said you haven't won the Pac-12 South once you had to give Herm time to get uh, his guys in there and I, I get it and they're in but it, it just this, this was the year to do it. You can point back to last year and say, well, he only had four games uh, compared to other teams in the Pac-12 had more uh, with a COVID-stricken year. I, I get it. Do I, I think that team was going to be the one to win the, the Pac-12 South? I don't. I don't. Granted, I can't say that for sure. But after four seasons, are you ready to move on from Herm Edwards? I think I'm going to shock you. I'm not. Okay. I, I, uh, here's, here's the thing, Connor is it's just one of those situations where it's like better the evil, you know, than the evil you don't. And right now I'm looking across the college landscape and I don't know that there's one candidate who truly sticks out to me where I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's the dude. That's the guy we want to, we want to replace Herm Edwards with. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some names out there. Like, my favorite name is Tom Herman. If you can lure him away from the Chicago Bears and back into the college ranks to be a head coach, I don't, I don't think you got a fair shake at Texas. And quite frankly, no one does because Texas thinks they're so much better than they are. But that's a conversation for another podcast. But anyways, if you can lure Tom Herman from the NFL back to college, I'm all for it. That, that I would be totally behind. You could also get me with like an Eric Bieniemy. If you could get him away from the NFL and to be a head coach and have an opportunity to build a program up, 
those would be the two guys, Connor, and both of them are NFL. Like there, there's not too many guys in the college landscape right now that I feel like are slam dunk guys. There's plenty of coordinators that are out there and uh, forgive me for not knowing a huge list of guys off the top of my head. I, I only have those two main candidates right now because they're the ones who truly stick out to me as like, I would love, love, love if Arizona state landed them. But outside of those two, I truly, I, I don't know if there's anyone that I want. It, it'd be really hard to get a guy like Dan Campbell to leave what he's doing at Iowa state right now, because Iowa state is definitely ahead of what we want to do. You're not getting a PJ Fleck from Minnesota. And quite frankly, I don't even know if I want PJ Fleck right now. Where did the state Dan of that Campbell team. come from? Sorry, you said Dan Campbell. Where did he come from? Has he just been has he been with Iowa State for a long time? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he, was he's been there for a minute. New, who coached there was an interim head coach for uh for Miami a couple years ago, I think. Or am I thinking of uh the Lions head coach? Is his last name Campbell? Yes. Why am I blanking on this? Also no, no, Dan Campbell. He, no, there's no way they're both Dan Campbell. Well, okay, please stand by. I'll, 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 I'll talk a little bit more of that. I, I just I heard the name and I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? So the enemy is an interesting name for sure. Uh, obviously, it was a couple weeks ago after USC had fired their head coach where it was. Matt. The enemy could be going. Matt Campbell. Ah, same thing. Uh, but where My USC, mistake. USC fired their head coach um, and uh, – Bienemy was uh, kind of rumored to go there. I, I think Bienemy's getting a job in the NFL, but you, you're right. I, I think if you got a, a mind like that coming from the NFL again, uh, not somebody coming potentially from behind a desk, I don't. I don't disagree that Herm should not like has to go this season. I I, I totally agree with that. Uh, if we haven't talked about it already on the podcast, and you and I have talked about it in person, this team's future is really up in the air. And in my personal opinion, it doesn't have a lot of room to go up. Um, you have a lot of people leaving, right? And I talked about this on yesterday's podcast. Regardless of the personnel that you have leaving this team, the scandal hasn't even, you haven't been hit with anything yet. And you know something's coming. Something is going to hit this team and you don't know how hard. That is already something that's a red flag to me as a potential candidate to come take this job here. Well, if I'm going to come to ASU and hoping to rebuild it, and I don't have a lot of kids coming in in next year's recruiting class, like what, what if I get hit with this incredibly hard penalty that, I wasn't at fault for, but now I'm responsible for leading this team to essentially the promised land and winning the Pac-12 South. You're, at least whoever comes in at that point, their standard for winning should be so much lower than what it already is. So specifically from her and Herm Edwards, I am kind of in the same boat as you, but in my personal opinion, I kind of want to see where a lot of these, essentially these leftover players, they're going to lead the program. I want to see what ASU gets hit with. And then I want to see them make a decision with Herm Edwards. I, I think if the, Herm comes back, we get Jaden Daniels back as well next year. Next year is going to be a pretty rough year. Could we get six wins? Yeah, I, I don't think that's out of the question for sure. But if we beat U of A this weekend, and I will put emphasis on if we have to go play the game, that would put us at eight wins, correct? Eight wins? Yes. Be eight, yep. Eight the, the best we can do this year is nine and four. Oh, no, no. Uh, okay. Um, because we have so, the bowl game. So yeah, we can oh, yeah, win our eighth game right. and then have the bowl game. The best we could do is nine and four this year. A win in the Alamo, uh, Alamo Bowl. We'll yeah, that, um, that ain't happening. <laughs> Sun Bowl bound, baby. Yeah. Let, me, let me throw this out to you before, before we wrap it up. Let me throw this scenario out for you. Now, I would give this 
a slim to none chance because we're not a blue blood program and we're not USC. But if you move on from Herm and Urban Meyer decides to leave Jacksonville, how would you feel about that? Now, personal feelings aside, because me and you on record, not a fan fan of Urban Meyer, the person, but Urban Meyer, the coach. I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. The, the personal side of me, I don't like Urban. I just leaving the politics of my opinions out of the podcast because it just, we can go on forever and ever, but that's neither here nor there. I, I don't know if I'd like him personally, but that dude knows how to build a program. Like college coach wise, top 10 all time, easily slam dunk, maybe even top five. One, he won a national championship with two different programs and he rebuilt those programs. He turned Florida from a, from an average team into a championship team. And he turned Ohio state around Ohio state was fine. They were kind of floating around for a little bit. I mean, they weren't terrible. They just weren't great. Turns them into a national championship team. Urban Meyer knows how to build a program and he knows how to get recruits and he knows how to get guys to buy in. So in that it, no, 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 (laughs) no, sir. So in, in that crazy off chance that he bypasses USC and he decides to walk away from Jacksonville. So less than a 1% chance, like, Absolutely. How would you feel about it? Because I, I tell you, I, it would be really hard to not be excited as a fan from a pure fan football standpoint. Imagine like you, you get, and I know this isn't even, it, it's more of a, a rhetorical question, but like you get to have a drink and pick the, their brain about ASU football, assuming he takes this job. Uh, but you get to talk to either Herm Edwards or Urban Meyer. Who are you taking? So here's Here's what I'll tell you. I I would I would have that that opportunity with Herm to talk football. I would have the opportunity to talk recruiting with Urban. I would love to know how he's able to consistently pull five star guys in and just just rotate these guys over and over and over again. I mean, just just a small example. He went from having Joey Bosa and Sam Hubbard who are both sack masters in the pros to Nick Bosa and Chase Young, who are both sack masters in the pros. That's just one of the hundreds of examples of what urban has done. So love to love to chat with Herm about his football knowledge from his playing days. And I would love to talk to urban about how he's such a great recruiter and how he builds a program. That's totally fair. I I, obviously in this hypothetical scenario, like Urban coming to ASU is totally on like the the slimmer like the nun side even than slim like yeah, I, if I'm him if I'm not fired clearly in Jacksonville I'd rather stay with Trevor Lawrence uh, and obviously I'd rather go to USC than ASU especially with the the penalty not coming up for the Sun Devils just yet so uh, whatever that might be if that comes up I would have very mixed feelings about it only because I'm not a huge Urban Meyer fan as an individual uh, but obviously for the program that would be absolutely huge so. We're going to talk about this. This is going to be a story throughout the offseason for sure. Uh, unless yes. Ray Anderson comes out and says, for a fact, Herm Edwards is uh, the Sun Devils head coach until I say otherwise, uh, that it's it's going to be something to talk about. So ideally we get uh, another win in, uh, I believe it is hate week, if, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's hate week. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Ideally we can end the season on a high note, uh, potentially prior to the bowl game. Uh, but 
let's get a good win against U of A. Let's end the season at least feeling slightly good about ourselves. And then we can kind of come back and reassess where Herm Edwards stands with this team going forward. So thank you so much for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. Uh, again, you can find us at Twitter. You can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with Z36. You can find me at uh, C Drios. We always have our Twitter page as well for Locked on Sundevils. That's at LO underscore Sundevils. Uh, remember to follow all of our content and subscribe. Never miss an episode. Uh, we have content Monday through Friday, giving you all the best Sundevils football and basketball news. But that's going to be on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But now that you've taken a listen to us, Go take a look, and, and or I should say give a listen to Lockdown Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You keep it locked on here with the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast.